For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we're talking to one of my super good friends, Nikki Hiltz. They've actually already been on the podcast before. They were my first guest on the podcast last year. I cannot believe that it's been almost a year since I started Convos Over Cold Brew, but they've been one of my good friends for a long time. We were teammates together at Oregon for a little bit. Now they're a professional runner for Adidas, and they just recently came out as trans non-binary on Trans Day of Visibility on March 31st. We talk a lot about that, and they're also putting together the Pride 5K, which they did last year too. It was a huge success, raised a lot of money for the Trevor Project, and we dive into that, a lot of other things as well, so stay tuned for today's episode. If you guys listen to the podcast every week and you love it, you tell your friends about it, which I really appreciate by the way. If you could rate on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me. It literally only takes like 15 seconds and it helps me add credibility to the podcast. So that means I'm able to get high profile guests on that you guys want and it just really helps me out. And it only takes literally 15 seconds, like I said, just go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review on there. It would mean the world to me. Also, we have merchandise. So if you guys want to cop some sweatshirts, some stickers, head to the show notes or just my website, emmaabrahamson.com, and you can go shop on the store. Go wrap the conference over cold brew. Also, just sharing with your friends by word of mouth means a lot to me as well. Just getting other people to listen to the podcast if you enjoy it a lot. That helps me out a lot. And I appreciate you guys all for listening. It's almost been a year since we've made this podcast, and I seriously cannot believe that. But it's thanks to you guys that I keep this thing going, and I just appreciate it. So let's get straight into today's episode. first repeat guest on the podcast i'm really excited to have you on again it's literally been a year and it's been a wild year at that so thanks for coming on wow i'm the first repeat guest that's well i think you were my first guest on the podcast in general when i literally had no idea what i was doing at all with the podcast (laughs) i was like i don't know where i'm taking this thing but you were the first start and now a year later we're back at it again Look at us now. <laughs> Look at us now. That's so exciting. Wow. Cool. I know. No, I'm happy to be here. Happy to have this convo. Yeah. I was actually listening to the Sidious Mag podcast just now. And didn't did you do some podcast episodes by yourself? Yes. So I got a little bit into podcasting this past month. And it is hard, man. Like, I have so much respect for anyone that hosts a podcast. Like, you got to think on the fly. You have to, you, you ha- can have all the questions beforehand, but then as soon as someone's, you don't know what they're going to say. So you have to be like, maybe I'm just a bad listener. I don't know. <laughs> you have I feel to- like it just, it's just multitasking because you got to listen yeah. to what they're saying and then have a response to that. Yes. Then also like feed it in a certain way to where it all comes together at the end. Yeah. Like move the conversation forward while also responding to what they say. Like it's a, I was like, oh, you got to think on the fly here. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you have to, you have to like, listen, even as much, I have so much planned out for this episode and who knows where it's going to go. So. Right. You got to be adaptable for sure. But yeah, yeah no, I, I interviewed um four people who came out last year during my pride 5k and it was awesome just to like hear their stories about you know their coming out stories and and get to know them a little bit and then we recorded the whole conversation so people can listen to them so yeah that was that was it was also hard because it was like okay this is serious stuff you know you kind of get 
got to get your mind right for these conversations. But yeah. I think they, they turned out pretty well, I think. So can people listen to those if they sign up for the Pride 5K? Yeah, yeah. So last summer I put on this race and, you know, thousands of people registered and it was awesome and it was a virtual race. So a lot of it played out like on social media. And during the race, like I remember seeing a post and I was like, oh my gosh, is this a coming out post? And I was with, you know, Mac and Sam up in Park City and they were like, you know, my, my training partner coach who helped me put on the race. And we were like, yeah, like that, that is a coming out post. And then there was ended up at the end of the day, like three more people. So four people total came out and I was like, this is so cool. Like I was just like, I have to talk to these people. So when planning this year's race, I was like, okay, I want to have a conversation with them. And I want to, you know, I feel like podcasting, like I'm, I love listening to podcasts. And so I was like, okay, this is a good way to share these stories and then also share them with the whole Pride 5K community. So yeah, this year, if you sign up for the race, you get a training plan and within it's a four week training plan. And each week um, there's a podcast episode and each week is, um, yeah, one of those people, just a conversation with me and one of those people that came out. That's so cool that you created that whole environment for someone to feel so safe to be able to come out during that time. Like that must feel so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I guess like I technically created it, but it's like, I feel like everyone created, it's like a whole community, you know, and, and it's, um, it's yeah, me and, you know, my, my friends putting it on, but it's like all these other people are making connections with it. And I think that was so cool. Like one of the persons I interviewed was like, yeah, I, I, you know, after I came out, someone messaged me who also ran the race and like, we've been friends ever since. I'm like, that's so cool. Like just to create this community, you know, where, where everyone is like, yeah, it feels like you said, like a safe space to just like be themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, we can, I want to get more into the pride 5k later. And like, I honestly, I'm just curious how you did all of it and where the idea came from. And I know a lot of the people that um, are listening to this podcast, they asked that as well. So we'll get more into that later. But you had some big news. I think, what day was it? March 31st? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you came out as trans non-binary and it was the trans day of visibility. Can you take us through that process and what made you, I guess, decide to come out? Yeah, yeah. So that was March 31st. So I guess it's been about a month. Um yeah, I mean, I feel like you have, there's all these days throughout the years like that are dedicated to kind of coming out or create, um, yeah, it's just like a day where it's a safe space and people are already talking about it. Um, in October, there's National Coming Out Day. You know, June is Pride Month. And then in March, the last day of March is Trans Day of Visibility. And so I kind of, obviously, like I knew that that day was that day. And I was like, had known this about myself for like a while now and I I just like I was like okay as the day was approaching I was like thinking about it and like maybe I would share maybe if the time was right if I felt ready and it was actually like the day before where I recorded a podcast with one of the members that came out of the community and we just had this conversation it was it was nothing like too specific that we talked about but it was just like hearing someone's excitement and like asking them what it felt like to come out and like as a closeted person to some extent like I it just felt so I was like hearing her story I was like okay I want that again you know and it was just kind of the last nudge I needed to like be like I'm ready um and so yeah the next day I I had had that post sitting in the drafts and um I called my girlfriend and I was like I think I'm gonna do it and she was like okay do it like you know I support you and I love you and I just kind of hit post and I, I remember, I, I think I like posted and then I like went for a run. Like I didn't want to look at my phone or like, you know, and then I, and then I came back and I was like, oh wow. Like <laughs> it was just kind of everything that I had felt, you know, when I had come out before, it was just like that, but amplified. I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm finally being seen for like who I am. And like, you know, it was so, it was such a weight that was lifted that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. What was the response like? Was, like, was it overwhelmingly positive? Did you have any pushback from it at all? Yeah. I mean, um, beforehand, so I, I had come out to a few of my close friends and teammates, um, and family before that. And so the people I knew before posting it, that the people in my life that really mattered and that like 
I really love and I really care about it, I knew that they supported me 100%. So I was just kind of like, it doesn't matter at this point, like, what anyone else has to say, you know, I really like, that's where I was, that's where my mindset was. But then, you know, I posted it. And, you know, I think right away, it was just like, a lot of comments. And a lot of those comments were from people like I race against and my competitors, and they were all very like, supportive and loving and it just felt so good um so definitely you know it was a relief like be like okay like I'm not just loved and accepted by the people that I'm really close to but like also people that you know I race against and that was really cool and and those people really mattered to me too um and so definitely there there has been some pushback (laughs) um as as well as that positive response but I honestly think that just comes from people maybe not being educated on what it means to be trans. And so um, I think I just kind of viewed it as like, okay, this is an opportunity to educate people and be like, I think, you know, majority of the pushback has been because of like misconceptions um, that people have. So yeah, I've just kind of used it as like, I guess I'm like, okay, I could, it's a teachable moment, right? Like I can tell these people. (laughs) Was it people that you knew directly or was it just random people on the internet? Um, so it's actually like interesting when it comes to social media, because it really depends on the platform. So like TikTok was like, so beyond like accepting, right? Like I posted this, this video on TikTok of like me with the trans flag, um, on my face and, you know, it was pretty like emotional and raw and like, there's thousands of comments on there that are like, we see you, you matter. We love you. Like, thank you. You know, just like, and then you, and then you have Instagram or no, sorry, then we'll go to Twitter. Then you have Twitter, which I like forget is like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really, uh, probably out of all social media, I'm like the least active on Twitter. Yeah, same. Yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, that's where my running community is, right? Like that's where people who follow the sport and are maybe like, let's runny old white men. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> let's run. Well, they follow like, like the oh. results. They're not following like the personality. They're they're, right. personality. they're really following for the results, right? And those are the people that you know see the word transgender and just automatically think, okay, Nikki's gonna take hormones. You know, Nikki's gonna get gender affirming surgery, and it's just like, okay, whoa, 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 like where did I say that? Like that's not happening. And then you have Instagram, which is kind of in the middle, right? You have how, some of the people like the more TikToks, like we love you, you know, we appreciate you, and then you have people who you know, maybe your post gets reposted and they find it and they're like, F you, or like, you know, like this is, this isn't natural or, you know, like, so it was definitely, it's very funny to me, like how specific the platform that it's on the response that I get. Yeah. And that is so true. You actually just described every one of those platforms perfectly, in my opinion, (laughs) just coming from someone who was like on social media, that's very accurate. So I guess that makes a lot of sense. Right, right. But how do you tackle those misconceptions? And I guess what does being trans non-binary mean to you? And what are your pronouns now? Yeah, yeah. So um, my pronouns are they, them. And I just kind of, I guess I just want to like clear up misconceptions that like just like being trans means that you just, you don't identify as the sex you were assigned at birth, right? And so it's it's important for me to come out about it so that I'm affirmed in my gender. And, you know, I think I that does not mean when someone says like, basically, yes, hormone therapy and gender affirming surgery can be very affirming for trans people, but that's not what makes someone trans. Like transitioning isn't what makes someone trans. It's just the fact that you don't, it doesn't align, your gender and sex don't align. And so for me, it was just like, yeah, like I don't really fall I don't feel a hundred percent on the inside, like, you know, the gender, the sex female. And so like, that's not my gender and I don't want to be referred to as she and her. And so, you know, it was just kind of important for me to be affirmed in that. And um, yeah, I think, I think those are kind of the biggest misconceptions and and kind of like what I try to say to, to people who don't understand, like, I'm not changing who I am. I'm just like showing up as like who I've been all along. Yeah. And what does it feel like now to, you know, walk around in public or even race again, just with having, having come out and I guess having that, having it <laughs> be off your chest? Yeah, how does, does that it feel? A good way to it? No, yeah, for sure. I mean, 
I think when I came out, I came out in 2017 about, you know, my sexuality and it was like this weight that was lifted, right? Like I was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't even know this was here, but like, I can just like be myself. And, you know, I, whenever you can be happy and holistic off the track, it, it really translates on it. And then this time around, it's like the same thing. Like you, I mean, it's honestly even more exaggerated because not only am I like on a higher level now, like, you know, I'm, I'm running with the pros. I am a pro. Like it, it just, it feels like finally being referred to as like what feels right. And I mean, when you're running, like you have so many things to worry about already, right? You're like, okay, how am I going to win this race? Like, or, oh shoot, we went out in 60 or like, oh my gosh, I'm boxed in. Like, how do I get out of this situation? Like when you can, in the back of my mind, like it's not there anymore. It's not this other thing to worry about. Like, oh, are the announcers going to say like she or her or like, oh, there's Nikki. She's passing on the inside or whatever it is. It's just like not even a thought anymore. And it, so it is this like weight that, that is once again being lifted that I kind of didn't even know was there. Yeah. I mean, running is so mental. So I guess when you show up to race day, you want to have as little things going on in your mind or stressing you out or I don't know, causing emotional, emotional response going on in your mind. So I can just imagine how much that benefited you to like, feel like you could show up to the line being fully yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, even it doesn't have to be as dramatic as like your gender identity or sexuality. It could be like, oh my gosh, like I remember at Oregon, we would have finals week, like the week of NCAAs. And it was like stressful, right? Like I was like going straight from a final to the NCAA prelim, you know? And it was in the back of my mind, I was like, I hope I passed or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) But then in Arkansas, when I transferred, it was like, oh my gosh, we got done with school in May. Like I didn't, you know, when it came to NCAAs, I was so far removed from school that it, it wasn't a stress anymore. It wasn't in the back of my mind. So, you know, any, anyone that's listening, that's like, I don't know. It, it doesn't have to be like this big dramatic thing. It's like anything in life can stress you out. And if you can find a way to like be at peace with it or like be authentic with it, then like, you know, it's going to translate on the track. Yeah, definitely. And talking like a little bit more about racing, how has the response been from like USATF or other media people um, since you coming out? Yeah, I mean, the day I came out, USATF DM'd me and said, you know, we support you, like, um, and, you know, we want to make sure we we have your pronouns right whenever we, we write about you or talk about you, and it just felt really good. I was like, wow, like, my governing body, like, you know, sees me and, you know, is, is willing to, to make a space for me, and I think that was really affirming. Um, yeah, it's really a lot of media like you said like media outlets like NBC as well they're you know the broadcasting site for when it comes to the Olympic trials and Olympics and so they as well were like okay like we are going to be talking about you so we need to know what pronouns you use and um you know pronouns are so funny because they're like you only really use them when the person when you're talking about someone you know yeah so (laughs) so yeah it's been good though and it feels really really cool to have like their support. Yeah, that that is so awesome. And it just, again, it just must feel really good to have the support of your own governing body behind you. Um, yeah. And especially because I feel like you're one of the, I don't know if you're one of the first people to come out as trans non-binary in the sport, but I don't know. I feel like you're just really defining and paving the way for a lot of people in the future. So all in all, very good role model. So I, I don't know. You're always someone that really inspires me to live my authentic life and like be my authentic self so I you already know this though I've already told you (laughs) oh thanks Emma one thing I really want to talk about though is the I I don't know if you posted on the pride 5k or if it was your own I probably Uh looked this up before we recorded (laughs) your own Instagram but it was about junior lifeguards and I kind of want you to talk about it on here just because junior lifeguards had such a big impact on me like defining me as an athlete when I was younger and I feel like only California kids will probably understand but (laughs) take us through your junior lifeguard story oh my gosh I did not know you did guards what beach were you Carl's bad. We were actually pretty good, low key. Like we, Hell yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I miss it though. I did it like for I feel like six years in a row. I loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think 
I mean, I am from Northern California, so I think it's way more of a thing in Southern California. Well, there's just like more beaches. I don't yeah. know, but I, I think I was one of the furthest North beaches that, that did guards, but yeah, I mean, I, same thing, like I did it my whole life. Um, so yeah, I guess the story was I, okay. So you can sign up for guards when you're six and I have an older sister and she is two years older than me. So when I was five, like when I was five, my sister was seven, like she did guards. Right. And I was like, you know, I watched her like play on the beach and like, you know, learn lifeguarding skills and, and swim and run and all this stuff. And then when I was six, like, I was like, oh my God, like I can do guards. Like I'm old enough now. And I didn't want to, because I, I wanted to do it so bad. Right. Like it was everything I wanted anything to be like on the beach with your friends running and swimming. But I was like there, I don't want to wear a girl's bathing suit. And when I looked out onto the beach, like that was the only thing the girls were wearing. So I was like, I don't want to do it. Like I I'll just sit on the sidelines and like watch this year as well. And it was really sad. Like I was six years old. Like I was an athlete. Like I loved the ocean. Like I loved boogie boarding and swimming and, and all that. But I was just, I didn't see a space for myself. So I was like, I guess I can't do it. I guess like guards isn't a place for me. Um, and then the next summer, like when I was seven, I remember we went to O'Neill surf shop to get, you know, the, to get the suit, the red bathing suit. And I went with my mom and sister and I was like, there was, there's a boy section and girl section. And I remember like seeing the red board shorts that the boys are wearing. And I saw like rash guards too, which is like, you know, a kind of a shirt you wear to like in the ocean to keep you warm. And I went like approached my mom and was like, okay, if I wear these shorts and this rash guard, like, can I do guards too? And my mom was like, yeah, like, of course. And, um, you know, so then like seven-year-old Nikki like showed up on the beach, like in board shorts and a rash guard. And I fell in love with guards and like, it's where I met, you know, the coolest, most down to earth people. It's where I, you know, learned how to swim and like paddle in the ocean. And like, ultimately like where I realized like, I'm really good at running and I really love this sport. And like, I was allowed to just show up as myself and I didn't see a space for myself on that beach. And then I made a space for myself. And I feel like I don't even know, like, I wish I knew what seven-year-old Nikki, like, I wish I knew what switched, you know, in their mind. Yeah, that's what like, I was going to ask you is like, <laughs> what was the catalyst? Like what made you have that confidence to like be your authentic self in that moment? But I guess it was so long ago. Yeah. I think it was just my fear. My, I wanted to do it more than I was like afraid of it. and. I think that's honestly similar to what happened like in March, like end of March, I was like, I am more afraid of never being able to show up as myself than I am like the backlash that might happen. And it's just, it's kind of sad in a way that like fear is what motivated me, but like, I don't know. I I think that's, that's what it was. And um, yeah, I, I love guards. I ended up being an instructor actually, like when I was 18 like I went through the program and then the next summer I also was like instructing kids yeah was a lifeguard on the beach so yeah (laughs) so funny I love junior guards too but I also I just really like that story because junior lifeguards is basically where I fell in love with running too so it was just interesting to see like your perspective and how it also it just kind of all came together for you during that time so I don't know I was very inspired and that story was very cool. So we love guys. I wonder if we like competed against each other. I don't know. Like, did you ever go to those games? But maybe it was only Southern California. There was like yeah, no, we went to regionals like every year. Where was it for you? Um, it split every two years. So it was in Santa Barbara for two years, then like Seal Beach, then San Diego for two years. Well, did you ever go to Huntington Beach? Yeah. Oh, then we probably did, Loki. <laughs> Dude, let's find a pick. You know who else did guards? Do you know Rebecca Mara? Yeah, she did. Yeah, wow. she did guards. And I literally have pictures with her. Like, we, I remember racing her in, like, the distance run. That's so funny. I mean, we, you and I probably never competed because we were different ages. But yeah, you're really I'm not. sure we were there. Like, and also, you probably would have kicked my butt in, like, beach <laughs> flags. I got whooped flags. in that event. Oh, I was Dude, so bad. All the cool kids were good at flags. Okay, yeah, and they're like, oh, you're good at the distance run? Yikes. Like, like no one cares about the distance run. Yeah, everyone hated that event. It's so yeah. funny. But you loved it? 
I mean, yeah, I like loved it from the start. Yeah. Distance, uh, the run, swim, run, the distance run and the distance swim were my yep. uh, right up my alley. So, yep. <laughs> but beach flags, absolutely not. I was out like the first round. Kind of, uh, yeah. You gotta dive for those for those hoses. <laughs> <laughs> Chopped up hoses. Anyone who doesn't know what guards is, Google like flag beach flags, and you'll be like, what on earth is this? <laughs> Hoses sticking up in the sand and it was so aggressive and for what? Like it was so aggressive. People would like you'd just be fighting over the hose at the end when you got there at the same time with two hands on. And it's like boys in like speedos sprinting on soft sand to dive to get a hose. You're like, excuse me? Also, how does that like train you for a junior guard? Or how does it train you to be a lifeguard? Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know. Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, all the people that are not from California are like, what are you talking about? Oh um, okay. So on the same topic, I had some listener questions that we can go into about it. There's just two of them actually. Why, uh, why is it important to label your gender identity? That's a good question. Um, I think it's just really important because of language and like for me, just for my pronoun sake, like there's really wouldn't be no, if I was okay with she, her pronouns, like there really wouldn't be a reason to come out, right? Because it's, I've been called out my whole life. But it's like, for me, it's important because I want to be affirmed in my gender. And like, I, I want to be referred to as they, them and not she, her. Yeah, that was a good question though. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the only other question we have on it, because we covered a lot, was thoughts on including pronouns in race registrations. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm definitely here for it. I think, you know, running is has room for everyone. And I think the more inclusive, like, we can be as a sport, the better. You know, the more people will find the sport and love the sport. And, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely here for that. Today's episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA-certified organic meal kit company that has plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, or just looking to eat healthier, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. The ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped, so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. You guys already know that I love Green Chef. My roommates also love Green Chef because whenever a box comes, I let them try my recipes and they are extremely blown away because usually I'm sticking with my bland, boring meals, but when my Green Chef box comes, I am whipping that recipe up and it tastes like I am a legit chef. The recipes also take about 30 minutes, which is super convenient, especially with the pre-portioned, mostly prepped ingredients. It's so easy to use. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I like to switch between the brands just depending on how my taste buds change. If you guys are interested in checking out Green Chef, go to greenchef.com slash 90coldbrew and use code 90coldbrew to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 90coldbrew and use code 90coldbrew to get $90 off, including free shipping. Now let's get back into the episode. Awesome. Well, I now I want to get into the Pride 5K because that's something that you started last year. We talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but what was the catalyst? Like what last year, I guess, maybe we talked about this in the first episode. I honestly don't even remember. It was so long ago. It's all blur. But what made you decide to start it? Um. Yeah. So basically 2020 happened and all of, so I guess originally I wanted to my plan for 2020 was to donate all my prize money that I won in June, which is Pride Month, um, to the Trevor Project. And, you know, when 2020 happened and like, you know, it was looking like races were going to get canceled and like, you know, I ended up having no races in June, the Olympics were postponed. I was like, okay, I still want to raise money for the Trevor Project. And I, I guess I feel like I should explain what that is. Um, <laughs> so the Trevor Project is the leading national um, organization providing suicide prevention and crisis intervention services to LGBTQ young people. And as an LGBTQ person, I've definitely throughout my life experienced stress um, of navigating certain environments that don't have a space for me, um, you know, kind of like that guard story. And, you know, it's at times it's definitely made me feel misunderstood and you know unseen and so when I learned about the Trevor Project and all you know the resources that they provide for LGBTQ young people 
like who also experienced this stress, I, I really just wanted to use my voice and my platform and then also my running community to support this incredible organization. So that's when I was like, okay, I want to put on a race. Like I want to do a virtual race and I want all the proceeds to go to the Trevor project. And, um, you know, I kind of approached my team about it and we all, they were supportive and, you know, we, I had a garage and we kind of all threw it together in my garage and, and we had no idea how many people were going to sign up. We're like, okay, it's going to be like 200, maybe like 250, like, I don't know. Ended up being like 2000 people. And we were like, oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. Like all these people want to run for this and support this. And it was just like, it was awesome. We had training plans and we had t-shirts and, um, you know, in the summer while on race day, people use the race to come out. And it was just, I just remember it kind of was a quarantine special because of like, it was such a unique year. And like, I didn't have to focus on racing. I could just focus on putting this on. Um, but I mean, as soon as like I had, it was like successful and I loved doing it and I loved the response and I loved making this community. I was like, okay, this is something, this isn't a one-time quarantine special. Like this is something I want to do forever, like year after year. And um, yeah, so this year I was just like, all right, let's go. Like, let's make it bigger. Let's make it better. Let's, let's, let's go round two. <laughs> yeah. How much money did you end up raising last year? So last year we raised $33,000 for the Trevor Project. Man, so that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. So the goal is, you know, anything more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One upping last year. Yeah. Um, what do you like learn from that whole process last year that you're, are you changing anything this year? Um, yes, we, so we're making the training plans only four weeks, not eight, um, just because people kind of, I don't know, I think this is common with training, you, you get really motivated, like, say it's a new year, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna hit the gym every day, and then by, like, week three, you're like, nah, never mind, <laughs> never mind, yeah, so I think four weeks is just enough to, like, you know, people are gonna train, and, like, actually, like, want to do it, so that's definitely, a, um, different, we are also, what else? Oh, we're, we're partnering with sponsors this year to kind of to get um, introduced. Like, like a lot of these people that sign up aren't runners. Like they're just people who want to support the Trevor Project or want something to do for Pride Month. Uh, and so it's kind of cool. I get to introduce my LGBTQ community to like running products like trigger point rollers or like you can recovery like products. So um, that's been really fun to work with those companies and, you know, um, kind of introduce running to those running products to those people. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know what else we are. I don't know. I feel like I learned you so have some really cool recipe videos in there and oh, there's shoot. a little surprise. <laughs> like, come on. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Each week there's the podcast that I talked about. And then there's also, uh, cooking videos. Yeah. Some recipe videos and, you know, week four is a really special guest. <laughs> not going to say who it is though. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> um, okay. Well, who can sign up for the 5k? Dude, anyone. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I signed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's international too. Like wherever you are in the world, it's, it's definitely a global community. So, you know, not exclusive to any age or any gender or yeah, even any country. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like you kind of already answered this, but what's been like the most rewarding part of putting on an event like this? And also this is like a completely different question, but do you want to do anything else like this or like make more races in the future? Yeah. Um, I th okay. I think the biggest thing that's like, that's so special to me about it is just the community that it creates. Like obviously it's really cool to raise money for such an incredible organization, but it's like, it's not just that it's, and it's just like this community of people who like want to run together. Like on TikTok, I posted about it and there's all these comments already of people like, Hey, anyone in Colorado, like Denver area, like let's meet up and run. And like, just this, that sense of community, like bringing people together has been so fulfilling. And then, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to do this but in person, you know, and I, and I want next year to be in San Diego. And I want, you know, I, I'm also like thinking like, okay, I'm a professional runner. It'd be really cool to have like a road mile or something the night before. Like, like I definitely have all these ideas of what I want this to continue to become. And it's really exciting oh to have, you know, oh, like, that'd be so sick to do an in-person <laughs> one. 
Yeah. Yeah. Year, well, hopefully next year, like whether if things get lifted and stuff and everyone yeah. gets vaccinated, but I'm coming if it's in person. <laughs> I mean, I also always want it to, to have a virtual option as well. Yeah. Just but, like people yes, and in person in San Diego, like I was talking to Mac about it the other day. He's like, Oh, the last hundred, we could have like a rainbow tunnel. People have to run through to like, like the finish line, just like, or like balloon arches and rainbow and like, I don't know. It'll be in Hillcrest, which is like the gay neighborhood here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be so sick. And then having the road mile the day before too. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm getting involved. Text me. <laughs> yeah. I'll hire you. I need, I need a staff. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I'm hired. Okay. Um, meet director, Emma Abrams. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I do it. Oh my gosh. Me walking around my, with my walkie talkie. Like yeah, I'm the meet director <laughs> of the private 5k. What of it? oh my gosh seriously but yeah it just kind of I mean this is like kind of off topic but it just kind of all of this I've just learned that like no one knows what we're doing we're just oh yeah we're just figuring it out as we go you know Mm -hmm. like I'm all of a sudden in charge of like product management or like talking to people in warehouses like where are the shirts and I'm like I'm a professional runner like I have no business (laughs) monitoring I literally move my legs fast for a living why am I talking to this person (laughs) or the guy at the sticker place I'm like uh do we want matte or like waterproof I'm like I don't know (laughs) that's so Um, funny that you bring that up but that's so true that's like being an adult I feel like no one really knows what they're doing low-key no, I mean, and that's why I feel like I'm going to gas you up here a little bit, but that's why I am so like obsessed with your content because it's just like, that's what your twenties are for. Like no one knows what's going on. Everyone's just trying to figure it out. And you're just like, not afraid to be like vulnerable about it and be like, yeah, like I'm going to up and move and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, and it's just, <laughs> it's really refreshing because everyone no one has it. even if someone thinks that they haven't figured out like they don't. So like, yeah, I like wish people, more people talked about it like at least this phase of life because literally yeah. I've already said this but no one knows what they're doing and but everyone fakes it like they do I'm like why do why are we all faking why it like we know we're doing maybe like, like am I the only real one <laughs> <laughs> yeah the people that are like listening to this are like uh I don't know what you guys are talking about I know what I'm doing plot twist it's only us they're like yeah. no, have anything. <laughs> no one can relate to this <laughs> well like, even yeah. this podcast I was like I don't know what I'm doing with this thing yeah. and then now I mean I've been doing it for a year almost so it's just kind of crazy it, it's just a lot of trial and error and I'm sure you've learned the yeah. same thing with the pride 5k yeah and it's still pretty new so no yeah definitely just trial and error and and I don't know but it's also it's like when you're creating something like you're creating content right like you're creating podcasts and videos it's just there's something so satisfying when you when you have an idea and it's just you want to create it and then you make it and then it's it's this thing for other people to consume I don't know I think I think it's very fulfilling a fulfilling line of work I think anyone should have a creative outlet I think it's really good for your mental health like yeah a a lot of people spend time consuming content here they are (laughs) literally I'm putting it out for putting out this podcast for you guys to consume but um (laughs) I mean like, I don't think consuming content is super healthy for you unless it's content that really benefits you. Like a lot of content just doesn't really benefit you in any way. It's just kind of distracting or honestly makes you feel worse about yourself. But I think having that creative outlet for yourself is so important in your mental health, whatever that may be. I mean, it's probably not podcasting for a lot of people. It's (laughs) art or I don't know, even like running people see as like creative expression, just being yourself. So, or making like TikTok videos, like, yeah, that's, that's creative. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Well, <laughs> moving on to the next segment of this episode. I don't know about your list. What's next? What's next? What's next on the list? Let me check. Um, talking about running. Whoa, crazy biz. <laughs> oh, shoot. I forgot I run. Yeah. So since we last talked, you've also had some changes in running. You have a new coach who is Mac Fleet. Yes. Another Oregon alumni. Let's go on the team together. Yeah. My first year and it was his fifth year. Okay. Um, how has that been? And why did you decide to make him your coach? That, that is a great question. I mean, now I'm just laughing at freshman Nikki and fifth year Mac. I think Mac hated (laughs) dynamic. Yeah. (laughs) He hated you. Is that what you said? Yeah. (laughs) No, no, he didn't hate me, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've always admired Mac, like, you know, when I got to Oregon, he was, he had just won, you know, 
the NCAA 1500 meter title and I was you know gonna be a 1500 runner and I was like that's so cool um he just like knew how to win races and you know I Mac and I were also teammates um when I turned pro and I feel like honestly I feel like Mac's like my older brother that I never had like he just he really looks out for me and is is you know kind of like like I said, like we love talking race strategy. And, you know, when I made the team in 2019, like Mac was one of the last people I talked to before the gun went off. And he was like, Hey, like the inside rail, like always opens up. So just like, keep an eye out for that. And like, that's how I made the team. Right. Like I was trying to go wide and, and Sinclair was there and I was like, shoot, you know, there's not enough time to go wide. And I just remember looking to the inside and like, there was a spot on the rail and I like, you know, snuck by cake race and, and end up getting that third spot. So, um, you know, we've been working together since July and, um, yeah, I love, I, I love the like young coach, young athlete, like dynamic. It's like, we're, we're kind of, we're figuring it out and I really trust him. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just excited for this season and like excited to run fast and, um, you know, Sam Murphy, his wife, my best friend, like, you know, we're, we're, us three are just, we're out here figuring it out. Like, like we just talked about, but it's been really fun. And they are also, you know, huge pieces and parts of putting on this pride 5k. And they understand like how important, um, like we said, like this creative outlet is for me and my success. And yeah, I'm, I've, I've loved the transition for sure. Yeah. So last year, I know you were pretty open about it with me personally, but then also on social media, you opened up about it is dealing with uh, mental health last year. And I know a lot of people, including myself, had a very hard time with mental health over the last year, whether it be just due to quarantine or just other circumstances. But can you talk a little bit about what you went through last year and also how you have dealt with it and overcome it if you have? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think 2020 kind of everything got flipped on its head and you know for me like I really fell into like depression and I made a lot of changes in my life and you know that was I also caused me a lot of anxiety you know and I I really was like dealing with these things that I had never dealt with before and um you know I I got a therapist and, you know, I, it was just, just that right there, just like having someone to talk to and just validate you that you're not crazy and that, you know, it makes sense. You're feeling these things. Like you made a lot of changes in your life, um, was just so helpful for me. And, um, yeah, I don't think it's talked about enough. And so, you know, I, I definitely posted about it and after posting about it, like, I think a lot of people, I got a lot of messages that were like, hey like me too like thanks for posting this and it's so crazy like when you're in struggle or you're going through that I think one of the most powerful things you can hear is like me too you know that it's like you're not alone and um you know I've I've kind of really leaned into like other hobbies of mine outside of running and and tried to become more balanced and that has been really helpful so but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's whatever works for you. Um, you know, we're all on our separate journeys and for me, therapy really helped. Um, but some people, you know, journaling helps or meditation, um, things like that. Um, I also am big on meditation too. So that has helped too, just being more mindful about, you know, the moment and and things like that. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever read Alexi's book? Yeah. I'm like halfway through it. It's so good. Yeah, I really liked her book. I think she had a really good perspective on mental health and running and just mm-hmm. tying a lot of your self-worth to running yes. and kind of how to deal with having these thoughts and treating it as like an injury rather than just kind of pushing it to the side. I don't know. I really, really liked that book. Honestly, it made me take a deep dive into like mental health because I feel like it just has not been that great for me over the last year. So yeah, I don't know. And like hearing from you too, it's just like you said, the most important I don't know if important is the right word, but like the best thing that you can hear is kind of me too in that situation. Like you're not alone dealing with these things. So I don't know. I always appreciate you being open about things on social media because (laughs) everyone knows I am. So it's nice to see (laughs) someone else um, talking about it too. So yeah, Yeah, I think it's becoming a bigger topic of conversation though, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, Alexi's book is great. Yeah. What does she say? It's like, if you it's just like an injury. Like your brain is just like scratched or like a little bit broken right now, but it's like, 
you know, it's going to get better and you can heal it. And that's just like, like, wow, like that, just hearing that can help so much. Yeah. And I think for her, like the biggest or the biggest impact that that book had on me was actually taking measures to heal it. Like Mm -hmm. I kind of already knew it was scratched a little bit. (laughs) You're like, can you just fix itself? Yeah. And I was like, it'll fix itself. It'll fix itself. But then like you, I started going to therapy Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like it's getting better and better as time goes on, but I, I just kind of avoided like fixing the scratch because I just didn't really know how to deal with it. And I yeah. just never really took the steps to do it. Cause I thought it would heal on its own, but it like a bad nagging injury was not healing on its own. So you're, yeah, you're like, I'll just continue to run on it. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was not fine, not but fine. we're working on it. So oh, yeah, no, I think it's... a lot of people have got things from that book, but yeah, yeah. highly recommend <laughs> well where is your running at now like what what are your goals for this year this is a big year obviously coming up so yeah big year um yeah I mean I'm feeling really good I feel like I'm you know I feel like I'm really fit but I feel like everyone else is also really fit <laughs> love that feeling and I'm like it's an Olympic year that makes sense um but I mean I I all I can do is control what I can control and control my fitness and you know, I think I'm in PR shape and my PR is 401. So it's just kind of crazy. The only way to know if you're in PR shape is if you PR. So. <laughs> it kind of sucks uh, that that's what you have to do to like yeah. yourself. <laughs> Annoying. But I mean, I'm happy with my events. You have these kind of fun barriers. You have two flat for the 800 and you have four flat for the 1500. So um, as far as time goals go, I really want to break two and I really want to break four. Um, and then res place goals go I want to be top three in June you know like that's the goal to make that team um and yeah yeah those are those are my goals I'm running this weekend at Mount Sac I'm gonna run a 15 uh, it's a it's a really good field so I'm excited for that um yeah <laughs> are you coming in the Portland meets did I already ask you this I kind of forgot yeah I think June June 3rd is that Stumptown I think so it might be PDX track fest. One of those. Whatever. I think it's, it's Stumptown, I think. I need to look again. Okay. But yay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'll watch you in person for that one. Not the Mount Sack one. Unfortunately, I'll watch you via television. So yeah, I think I'll run an eight at, um, in Portland. So, okay. Break two. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> okay. I ran a, I ran a six. I paced Melissa Bishop last weekend in a 600. Oh yeah. What was that? All of a sudden you were spiked up and I was like, Oh, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Sam, um, my training partner was, was running this, this meet in Chula Vista and you know, Mac was like, Oh, you pay Sam. I was like, of course. And then it was like, Oh, Melissa Bishop's also in it. I was like, Oh, here we go. (laughs) And I ran 600 of an 800 and um oh man it was hard I we came through in 127 and then I stepped off and I was like I do not understand how people keep going <laughs> so I just kept going come on no dude I was I mean yeah <laughs> eventually I've so never I, split that fast in my life I have no idea what it feels like so <laughs> I can only imagine I mean hindsight now I'm like damn I should have kept going but <laughs> When you're in it, it's like, uh, when you have the out, you take the out, you know, <laughs> whenever you're pacing. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was talking to um, Craig Nowak about this uh-huh. and he was like, I could have, like, you could make more money if you go the full K as opposed to the 800. Mm-hmm. But right. if you give yourself the like option to have right. the 800, you're going to get out. Even if there is money involved, like if you're not feeling amazing, yeah. you're gonna go out of the 800 which is just kind of crazy to think about you just can't give yourself the option to have an out no you'll always take it <laughs> <laughs> okay well to wrap up the episode we're, we're already kind of going long but okay I guess I expected this <laughs> uh people asked you some listener questions so oh. we'll just go through them really quick someone asked how did we meet how did you and I meet yeah I don't really remember I mean, in high school. It was in high school because we were both California superstars. <laughs> okay. So that's the one who ran like 440 in high school and I ran. Did we meet at Brooks PR or was it before that? I, I feel like was, we were at Brooks PR, but that's where we like met. Yeah, I think we definitely met at Brooks PR. But yeah, again, I definitely knew who you were before that. Yeah. So Brooks PR, we became besties. So yeah we're and then we hung out at like Arcadia and stuff yeah yeah 
I don't know. I just remember I was like, oh, like I know you, you run fast. And then I was like, oh, and you're also like really cool and funny. Okay, yeah, we're gonna be friends. <laughs> uh, okay, honestly, same to you though. So <laughs> is it Optos or Optos? I forgot. Optos. All right. Oh, I remember, I just, I feel like I already said this in the first episode, when you were <laughs> talking trash on me at Arcadia, we're like, we're going to app toss you in the trash <laughs> before the four by 1600. Kidding, I think, but I don't know. You're like, whoa, I was a hundred percent kidding. Yeah. But then we but did. Then you did. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, app toss beaches or San Diego beaches? Oh, I'm going to go with my hometown. Okay. questionable the water's a little colder but it's more it's way less crowded mm, okay i could see that favorite kit to race in oh that's a good question well so this year adidas has a blue one and a black one and uh, i think the blue one's cool blue the blue new blue adidas kit yeah that one's my favorite as well i think a lot of people like that one <clears throat> really aggressive all right <laughs> Yeah, it is. But honestly, it stands out. I like, I don't like boring kits. I like crazy ones, you know? Um, Okay. (laughs) Crazy ones. All right. Your girlfriend asked, what was the first cold brew you ever had? I want to know the story. What? I don't know if she's Um, asking you that or like me that. Like, I couldn't really get the vibe. I was like, have you guys had this conversation? (laughs) Emma just asked she's funny she just asks she comes up with questions and then she's like boom go like answer and I'm like I don't know (laughs) okay well unless you do know the first cold brew that you had do you have like a coffee journey like did you start like I started from like frappuccinos to mochas to skinny mochas to cold brew or to iced coffee to cold brew but what's yours no I feel like same thing it's like it was like fraps at starbs then it was like okay I want like a latte like vanilla lattes because I moved to Oregon where it's cold and then (laughs) yeah and then it was like okay now I don't really want flavor I just want lattes then it was like okay I want cappuccinos then so yeah my go-to drinks when it when I want something hot when I want something hot is cappuccino and then when I want something cold it's cold brew there you go combos over cold brew also nikki got a fills the other day fills today and they literally sent me a um pick of it in their car and i was like you were so mad i was so mad man dude i took a sip of that and i was like why is this the best thing i've ever had (laughs) like so good i'm so jealous i miss phil so much dude they should sponsor sponsor this podcast (laughs) honestly they should like i don't know why they haven't yet (laughs) All right. Do you feel pressure being a role model to so many? How do you deal with it? Oh, pressure. That's a good question. Um, no, I definitely don't feel pressure. I feel, I feel like I had, it's more of like an opportunity, um, to, you know, I don't know. It's kind of that question of role model is so funny. I just, I feel like I'm just living my life and, if I happen to be someone's role model, then like, that's cool, you know, but I'm, I'm just figuring it out and living my life. And it, it doesn't, I definitely don't put pressure on myself. I just, I don't know. I try to stay authentic and vulnerable and um, yeah, try to try to take opportunities to be myself and educate people along the way. I don't know. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> Dylan Marks asked, I don't know if you guys have had this conversation. <laughs> I don't know. These are very specific questions. Oh, How many miles do you think you could run consecutively if you had to progress 10 seconds each mile? Oh my gosh. Well, can I start at like 15 flat pace? Sure. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate this question. Math. I don't know. I think it was. <laughs> If I started at 15 flat pays, God, honestly, I'm so dramatic when it comes to the long runs. Like the longest run I've ever been on is 14 miles. So I'm going to go with 14. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you start at 15 flat. Okay. I could do a marathon. You could definitely do a marathon. Oh, at 15 flat. Yeah. Oh, then a hundred. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> done the math. <laughs> hundred. All right. Next question. What is I thought this was kind of a good question. 
what oh wait nope before this hair routine hair routine Mm -hmm. uh i honestly don't really wash my hair that's kind of gross but like (laughs) okay i definitely wash my hair but it's only like it's not every day it's like every third day um that's pretty normal i think okay and then i have some pomade that i use but i honestly don't really use that i i don't know i I should do a hair tutorial on TikTok or something. Mm-hmm. Go follow Nikki's <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, nothing special, nothing crazy. What is some? This is the good question. What is something you think most people take for granted slash could be more thankful for? Weather. Why did I think the weather? I don't know. Um, I don't have a good answer for that. What's something you take for granted? No. <laughs> don't turn the tables on me. This is my podcast. Honestly, I just feel like my health more than anything like I feel like I haven't really dealt with any health problems my whole life and I think I take that for granted or my I don't know my childhood too I feel like I take for granted a lot of time I feel like I had a very good childhood yeah I feel like 2020 has taught us that like absolutely nothing is in our control and so I I don't know for this past year I feel like I've really honestly leaned on like a lot of people like my family and friends and so you know, that's something I hope I never do take for granted. Um, but I think sometimes you, you know, you can take the people that love and support you for granted. And like, I try to always like, I don't know, remind them that I'm grateful for them because I really am. Phenomenal answer. Okay. <laughs> My last question for you is if you had to give your, <clears throat> I'm going to repeat that. We're falling apart. I'm like, we literally are falling apart. If you had to give advice to your younger self, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I've been, because of that, like, junior guard story, I've been wanting to, like, flip that question. Like, I've been wanting to ask my younger self, you know, like, what would you tell your older self? But um, I don't know. I think just, like, keep showing up as yourself and, like, you know, keep, keep making a space for you because, like, you are you and you know who you are and like you matter and you know keep yeah just keep dreaming and keep keep showing up as yourself and um it's all gonna work out (laughs) I love that well Nikki you're one of my BFFs and I feel like this episode really shows why because you're really authentic and I know a lot of people like you because of that um your authenticity inspires a lot of people but where can people follow you at if they don't already follow you slash where can they sign up for the pride 5k yes well thank you so much for having me i've had a blast um you're one of my besties as well i think uh you know follow pride 5k follow nikki hiltz both on instagram and then twitter i have that as well (laughs) nikki underscore hiltz tiktok nikki underscore hiltz and then yeah sign up for the pride 5k and like all of my socials bios um yeah and and thank you for having me emma it's been it's been a blast i'll link everything in the description too to make it easy for everyone to sign up and follow you but oh yeah the last thing you already know what it is uh close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas (laughs) peace out fellas Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Commons Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. I absolutely love talking to Nikki. As you guys can tell, we are very good friends. So I hope you guys learn a little bit more about them in this episode. And hopefully you guys all sign up for the Pride 5K because I will be running it and I'm excited for it. So the link is in the show notes as per usual. Make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the podcast and follow at Commons Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram to stay up to date on the latest episodes or submit listener questions. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will hear from you in the next one. Peace out, fellas. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.